Hey, what's going on, Giants fans? Welcome to the latest episode of our Talk is Cheap podcast. Daryl Slater here, uh, NJ Advanced Media, the Star Ledger, NJ.com, as usual, of course. It is Tuesday morning right now. Hope everyone's doing well. The Giants, of course, just won 14-7 Sunday over the Washington Commanders. They are 2-5. and five. They snapped a four-game losing streak. Their offense actually scored a touchdown. Novel concept. Um, their defense played really well. And now they play the 3-3 three and three Jets, uh, who are coming off a bye week and also coming off a stunning win over the Eagles, where they humbled Jalen Hurts, embarrassed, some might say. I don't know. Uh, some, one might say that. Um, so uh, this week, actually, we're going to do a little different. Bob Brookover is uh, going to take the day off here today, at least from doing the podcast. Um, we have Andy Vasquez with us, our, our Jets writer. Uh, he's covered the Jets for a few years previously. Uh, was doing it for the Bergen record and is now uh, with us here. This is uh, his second year, right? Is that right? Second year? Second season, eighth on the beat. There you go. So uh, this is Jets Giant Week. We're shaking it up. Andy's with us. What's going on, man? What's up, Daryl? How you doing, man? Good All to right. continue. Got, we got two hot teams now. Big matchup. It's, I think it's actually going to be a – the Jets have played a lot of interesting games. The Giants, maybe not so much, but I think this is going to be a really fun and interesting game. So what say for, you. Uh, what's that? What say you? What do you think? Yeah, no, I think it'll be a good game. Close, close. I don't know. You know, depends on how you qual- classify interesting. Could be a, another rock fight. That's probably the Giants' best chance of winning. Uh, is a low-scoring game, as you know, as usual. I think that's going to be their mo. Um, but uh, we'll just I'll open it. So, like, catch us up on uh, everyone knows who are Giants fans who are listening to this. What happened with Rodgers, of course, and Rodgers in week one. Um, they know that part of it. But um, give us the broad view of, of this Jets season so far and uh, where they're at right now, including on the injury front and in their secondary. Uh, so, like, broadly, like, what what's up with what's going on with the Jets so far and right now? Yeah, basically, you, you got through week three and it looked like this season was going to be a disaster because they lost Rodgers. They they got absolutely, you know, they hung in there in Dallas for a half, but but got completely outclassed in the second half. And, you know, there was already you're starting back up with the arguments. Is, is Zach Wilson better than last year? It's like, you know, you're you're back in this, uh, you know, horrible vortex where you can't escape Zach Wilson and then he comes out and plays the Patriots and completely lays an egg and like he has done every time in his Patriots career or in his career against the Patriots for the Jets and now you know you've got home fans booing him it's people are talking about how you you can't let the season go down the tubes with Zach Wilson and they play a Sunday night game against the Chiefs where everybody expects them to get housed and Zach Wilson plays the best game of his career Backs it up with an okay game against the Broncos and then another okay game against the Eagles. I mean, he has looked better. He has not been making crippling mistakes. And now the Jets arrive here after their shocking upset of the Eagles and at three and three after losing Rodgers, where you would have thought three and three was pretty good for them. They had a gauntlet of a schedule to start the season. They started with the Bills. They also played both teams that were in the Super Bowl last year with the with the Chiefs and the Eagles. So you would have thought maybe two and four with Rodgers wouldn't have been so bad. And now they're three and three. And the big question is how far can, can Zach Wilson lead them? And we've been hearing all off season, how Zach Wilson looked like a different player. We didn't really see it until that chiefs game. And I will say he does look, I wouldn't say he's a good quarterback, but he's not zeroing in on one guy. He's not making these critical mistakes. Uh, he's still making the mistakes, but it's, it's not, you know, compounding them. And I think, you know, they've for the first time in his career with Salah here, they've, they've kind of let off the, you know, the, the blinders and let him kind of go after it and, and play with a real game plan. And they're not playing to, to not lose the game with him. And I think, you know, we haven't seen the downside of that yet. And that's, what's really interesting about this week is that he's been able to maneuver some through some pretty tough defenses without making a lot of mistakes. And and obviously with what the Giants do and, and what Wink Martindale does, the Jets have a lot of respect for that. And are they going to stick with what they're doing? Or are they going to, you know, take a step back and and have a really conservative game plan that I think gives was why they lost to the Patriots and why they've lost a lot of games with Zach Wilson, because 
they're not even giving themselves a chance to win. And I think that's a real risk for the Jets this week. And I'm interested to see how they how they navigate it, if they're in their own heads or, or not. But, but that's where they're at. I mean, there's it's all there for them. There's there's still I'm not going to get into the whole is Rogers coming back or not thing because it's it's not even worth talking about right now. But it is there for them. They're they're in the middle of the playoff race. Their schedule now after the Giants, you know, they face uh uh, they had the, a Monday night football game against the Chargers and then a game against the Raiders before a couple tough division games, and then a bunch more winnable games at the end of the season. So um, it, it's all there for them. They they can be a, a team that has a chance to be a force, but there's a lot of questions in terms of how much have they learned from last year when they lost six straight games after getting in playoff contention to, to obviously bomb out of the playoff race. So, a lot of stuff going on here, and and the big question this week to me is: Can the Jets handle success? Are they ready to do it in a game where I really do think they're the more talented team, and and they should win this game? But how can you trust them, given everything that we've seen over the last few years since Robert Sala's been here, and and given what we've seen in the in the aftermath of of these games with the Jets at three and three? So I think it's going to be a, a really interesting game on an emotional and and you know, a, a tactical level and, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, those are the big questions surrounding the jets right now. And the biggest one is what Zach Wilson, are we going to get on uh Sunday against the giants? I guess, same as it ever was for the last three years for the jets. Yeah. Um, I think brought up a couple interesting points there. And, and one of them being of course that their defense is so nasty and we saw it in week one. I mean, I wrote that coming out of that game when they, they stunned the bills. Um, and the storyline kind of coming out of that was like, oh, wow. I mean, maybe DJ, they're not the 85 Bears defense, but maybe DJ Reed was kind of onto something there that this defense can be really, really good. And how far can this defense take them if they keep playing like that? Um, and you saw it last week where they were, they were, win, they won a game against the Eagles that they weren't supposed to win. And um, now they get, like you said, three straight window games, Giants, then, uh, then they host, uh, Daniel Popper, our pal Daniel Popper is perpetually disappointing Chargers. Uh, and Popper himself, of course, always perpetually disappointing as a human being in general. Uh, we, we joke, but, you know, probably true. Um, and then the Raiders, uh, they go to Vegas, um, uh, you know, and they've, they've scuffled a little bit. So could they, I mean, you wonder, could this Jet team be six and three going into at Bills versus Dolphins to end November? Maybe, uh, maybe. And that that's when things get really fascinating. Um and, uh, you know, we'll see, like, like you said with Rogers, but, um, the, the, the way things break for them, I think, uh, is, is pretty good here coming up because again, they're coming off a, a game that they weren't supposed to win and, and they did, and they stunned the Eagles. Um, and the, of course the Eagles, I think probably the best team in the NFL right now. So, um, as we look at the, you know, sort of the, these two teams and, and how they're, how they're composed and how they, how they kind of look, oh, and one more thing on that, you know. You talk about not handling success. I mean, I'm just like amazed. I follow, of course, get alerts from both all, all you know, a bunch of people, reporters, and but but also from the teams, right? And so, the Jets' social media team is is amazing to me. Like the, a few years ago, you probably remember this. There was a there was a post leading into a, a when Todd Bowles was a coach. Post leading into <laughs> the the it was before the game against the Browns, and so I, I get it, like. This 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 iteration of the Jets isn't really trash talking necessarily before the game. This was like a little bit out of left field. They did like a thing where they put a uh, one of those protective collars on the Browns mascot, like cartoon mascot, and uh, said "sit sit down" or "sit boy" or something like that. And Todd Bowles was really mad about it, and they deleted it. It, it made news. It was a po- you know PFT did a post on it and all that. Um, so they're not doing that like before games, but after games, I mean. They were acting like beating the Eagles. It's a huge win, obviously, but it's like the victory laps are just remarkable. And one of the big criticisms of the Jets over the years is they have celebrated like every win, like it's the biggest thing in the world. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether that has any bearing on the X's and O's, but uh, you have a coach in Robert Sala who is willing to say what's on his mind, to say the least. And I, I was bummed yeah. that he pointed off. He, they, they, I was disappointed that he backtracked off the embarrassed quote. Come on, like own that. Uh, you know, I mean, he didn't even really apologize last year when he threatened to choke the greater New York area with CVS receipts or whatever it was. You know, <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, so 
I mean, I guess that's fun to cover though, right? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely interesting. It's definitely not um the Todd Bowles school of, you know, let's not say anything in in social media or, or you know, there there's a I, and I will say there is a it has all everybody talks about the culture changing and all that and it gets like kind of exhausting to hear as a you know person who's surrounded by the NFL all the time but the, but he really has changed the culture and i think it's in a good way in terms of the confidence and the fact that his team believes that uh it can beat anybody and that it's going to beat anybody and that's why you've seen them play so well i mean they haven't really played poorly especially at home against a good team in a long time and and that is progress and i think there there's good things to be said about that um but also they they don't seem to have perspective sometimes on where they are and i think the social media stuff it's just like the day and age we're in and just let let you got to let that stuff happen and i don't think it it is that big of a deal in terms of like getting back to the team but like the the things that salah says is the he's very emotional and very you know cocky and confident about embarrassing the quarterbacks and the jets have played really well against you know three three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and also not so well against, you know, Dak Prescott. So it's not, he, he kind of picks and chooses or last year when they beat the bills in Buffalo and he says, we're going to see them again soon, you know, and, or they lost to the bills in Buffalo, you know, they had just lost two in a row after, after, you know, putting themselves in a great position to get the playoffs. Of course they, they didn't see the bills again soon because they would have had to make the playoffs to do that. So I just think sometimes that stuff, you know, they, they lose sight of, of what's at hand. I don't think the social media stuff is necessarily bad, uh, but I think they get a little too caught up in the moment and yeah, beating the Eagles, like the way they beat them without their top two corners, sauce Gardner and DJ Reed both had concussions and, and you're thinking the jets could lose this game by 20 and, and they f- find a way to come out there and, and, you know, it wasn't like everything went their way either. There, there were some weird calls, you know, stuff went wrong and they, and they found a way and and they deserve credit for that. But then sometimes it just feels like over the top, like that, that you can feel that they feel like, okay, we've arrived. And every time you feel that with this team, like last year, when they beat Buffalo before the bye to get to six and three, they finish one and seven. So um, you, you just, to me as a longtime observer of this team, anytime that they, they act like they they've arrived at this early juncture, like let's see it in December. Let's see you win a, some winnable games. I will say they have passed every test so far. Like they did what they needed to do against Denver. That was a winnable game. Here we are again. Uh, they did what they needed to do, obviously against in the first six games of their schedule against the Bills and Eagles and win, winning games that nobody expected them to win. And and obviously they haven't figured it out against the Patriots. So still here they are. They're in this great position. And and what they need to do to continue to to show that progress and build the culture that they're talking about is start winning these games that they should win. And, and by all rights, they, they should find a way to win against a, a Giants team that isn't at full strength. And even if it does get, you know, Daniel Jones back, they should have to work out some kinks and the Jets have a great defense. So uh, that's why I think they should win this game. But again, it's, it, I feel like it's hard to trust them given some of the things we've seen here. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that last year uh, went went into December seven and four, as you mentioned, and then went then went zero and six in in December and early January, and yeah, you're not you're not making the playoffs ever if you do that, and uh, yet it didn't seem like the confidence of guys like DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, uh, Garrett Wilson was was affected too much by that, and that's sort of what this team is. It's a young, confident team, and that's really what the organization needed after just the just bottoming out under Adam Gase and, and Greg Williams and a zero blitz and all, you know, all these things that have just dragged them down for so long. Um, and uh, certainly the giants had their, their share of just disasters too, from 2017 to 2021, when these two teams tied for the worst record in the NFL at 22 and 59. And so um, yeah, in terms of uh, let's just pivot to the game here. I mean, I'll be just kind of just touching on some giant stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll see about Daniel Jones, right? The neck, um, will he be on a short leash? I think that becomes the question. Tyrod Taylor's played pretty well, but not great uh, in two games as a starter. The Giants are one and one in those games. Bottom line is they scored 19 points and 14 points. They lost one and won the other. Okay. 
They beat a bad commanders team. Thanks largely to their own, to the giants defense. Um, Deontay Banks is really coming around and playing well. The issue I think too, is like, they got to figure out what they have in this offensive line. Obviously once Daniel Jones is clear for contact, he's the starter. Okay. So like, then it just becomes like, is the least shorter. I don't necessarily think it will be. Um, but what kind of line is he playing behind? I mean, he's been pressured 46% of the time this year. Taylor had a more uh, reasonable pressure rate at 33% last week against the commanders. Um, and so if they're able to get Andrew Thomas back, which seems possible this week, that would let them push Justin Pugh down inside the left guard. Maybe they get John Michael Schmitz back. He's missed three games. Brian Dable has said this wasn't an IR injury. Okay. That means it's going to be three games or fewer. Otherwise you put him on IR and put him out for four games. Um, if they can get him back, that lets Ben Bredesen stop playing out of position at center and move to right guard. Uh, and Pugh, of course, playing way out of position at left guard, left tackle. And then we'll see about right tackle, Evan Neal, who's de- dealing with the ankle, or Tyree Phillips, who, who played really well last year for Neal, or reasonably well last year for Neal, played well again against Washington. So a more intact line, I think, will help. Um, you know, we can get into sort of the matchups here. Uh, in a bit, but the 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 Jets pass rush in the front ought to scare the living daylights out of Brian Dable, um, especially if he's going to play a patchwork line, regardless of who his quarterback is. So uh, that's sort of where the Giants are at. I mean, they've taken some baby steps on offense and the fact that they did it last week with a backup quarterback and a patchwork line. And it, I mean, geez, let's just uh, scotch tape line. I mean, come on. I mean, the, the line they rolled out there was ridiculous. Um, and so. Yeah, I think as they look at, look into this game, uh, that's got to be one of their bigger concerns. Um, and so, like from the from the Jet perspective here, what uh, what will this? Okay, so like the, these matchups. Let, let's start with you know we know what the we talked a little bit about the quarterback situation already, but um, what do you make of? I would I would love to see by the way Deontay Banks versus Garrett Wilson. Banks has played well lately. He had a huge tackle leading up to that field goal block on Sunday in Washington. I mean, his tackle is what resulted in them having to kick the field goal. Washington Leonard Williams blocked a field goal. Um, but what do you think of a potential Garrett Wilson, Deontay Banks matchup? Uh, who does that favor? You know, you got one guy in Banks who's a rookie. Wilson, second-year pro. He's just, he's just nasty, right? I mean, he's clearly the best offensive player on either side of the ball in this game. Yeah, he's really good. He's, I mean – I know the Jets have some other guys who have stood out and been talented, but being in the room, I feel like he's by far the best player on this team in terms of he's instant offense. He he can he'll get open. It doesn't really matter who's covering him. And Zach Wilson has finally figured out that like, hey, I should probably just force the ball to this guy. And and that that couldn't be dangerous. But when you consider the alternative, which was that he wasn't finding a way to get him the ball suddenly the Jets offense is much more dangerous. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, they're having their struggles in the red zone, but they're moving the ball. And a big reason is that they're finding a way to get it to Garrett Wilson. And, and I, I would like, you know, I, I think, you know, Garrett's going to have his opportunities there. He's going to, he's going to make things happen, especially if, you know, you're going to commit to a rookie covering him and following him. So, I, I mean, I would like that matchup for the Jets. But then after that, it, it really does drop off. I mean, we saw the Chiefs can use Mecole Hardman, but the Jets couldn't find a use for him. Alan Lazard has been fine as a, as a number two receiver, but, you know, they're paying him almost, you know, you know, $12 million a year. I don't think that was exactly what they were expecting. And then Randall Cobb has been the guy who's gotten the majority of reps in the slot and and he's been the least productive receiver in the NFL and you know yeah he's uh, Gibson yeah he's been awful and and Gibson Xavier Gibson is emerging but he's not reliable and uh, you know he's a guy who can be dangerous but he's not reliable yet so i think Garrett Wilson and and obviously Brees Hall you're going to see a, a lot of a lot of that and the Jets have some questions on the offensive line too in terms of if Dwayne Brown is ready to return, he is eligible to return from injury reserve. Will they put him back at left tackle or ride with Makai Becton at left tackle? I think they should ride with Becton, but it's hard to know what the Jets are thinking there. Uh, they also lost Joe Tipman to an injury, a thigh injury that there was hinted. It could be long-term and then hinted it may not be as long-term. If anybody's paying attention to the Jets and injuries, if whatever Robert Sala is saying means very little, um, what we'll have to find out when we see the injury report on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to get a sense of that. And he also said Sauce Gardner and, and DJ Reed are still in the concussion protocol. 
Let's see if they're in the concussion protocol on Thursday or on Wednesday when the, when the Jets return to practice before, you know, you speculate with that. But I, I think the expectation would be both of those guys would be back. But uh, yeah, that that is really a fascinating matchup in terms of of the offense for the Jets. And I think that's their best chances to get they have to get Garrett Wilson going. And I also think, too, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to see a, a game plan like Washington had. So Washington ran the ball 19 times. They ran for four yards of carry. Uh, and the Jet, the Giants were able to hold Brian Robinson to, you know, eight carries, 23 yards. Pretty good. So they ran 19 times. I get that they had to come back. Sam Howell threw the ball 42 times, 42 times. And then he was sacked six times. So he dropped back 48 times in that game. 60.5 quarterback rating and interception, sacked six times. You know, they can't pass protect yet. Eric Bieniemy wants to continue throwing the ball. Um, I don't think you're going to see that. I, I mean, like this is just me, but I think you could see a game where Brees Hall has 30 carries, right? I mean, the Jets, yeah, absolutely. Say the Jets get out to a seven nothing lead. They're not going to let Zach Wilson sit back there and throw the ball. I know we talked about getting the ball to Garrett Wilson, but why not just let this, let Brees Hall try to gash up a, a giant run defense that was terrible last year and that, um, you know, still needs to prove itself? I think that's the play for the Jets. And, and you saw Brees, you know, he's been over three carries, or over, over 10 carries three times this year. Um, and two of them have been in the last three games. I'm sorry. Yeah. He had 10 carries in the first game and then over 10 and, and three of his last four games. So I, I think they're going to get him the ball and, you, you know, that's going to be the key for the giants is if they can stop him early, the jets will go away from it and, and go to the pass game. But if they don't have an answer for him early, they're going to, to absolutely pound it. And I think they're, they're a little bit handcuffed because they, don't trust their other running backs uh, beyond Hall. I mean, you know, Dalvin Cook has not been what they were hoping for, and Michael Carter hasn't really had much of a role. So that's something the Giants can, you know, if they can stuff the run early, the the Jets will have to go away from it. But uh, I don't see, you know, Zach Wilson dropping back 40 times. That's not good. The Jets are going to try to control the clock. They're going to try to get the, the, the ball in, in Brees Hall's hands and, you know, I, th- I think that's their best chance of winning. The, the, they need to find a way to get the ball to those two guys because really those two guys are their entire offense, Hall and and, and Wilson. And, and if the if the Giants can take that away, uh, it's going to be a lot tougher for the Jets. And and I will say Zach Wilson has shown some some flashes of spreading the ball around, but that's how you got to make you know the Jets win this game is make him do that because it's not something that's been a strength of his throughout his career. Yeah, and the giant to that point about the Giants' run defense, twenty six in PFF right now. So they're you know still not a great run defense, just like last year. They weren't a great run defense last year. Um, and yeah, I think he, both teams look at this and say we got to win a rock fight. I think that that's how both teams yeah. kind of will look at this. How game. have they been with big plays? How how have the Giants been? Uh, are they giving up like a slow but steady in the run, or are they giving? Are they getting gash? Yeah, no, I mean, I think at, at times they, they've been gashed. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, okay. But yeah, I think that that's... Hall has like a couple runs over, like I think he has an 80-yard run and a couple, and obviously a 70. So that's where he's gotten most of his yardage mm-hmm. is, is the home run threat. I think the Giants feel better about their second level now, though. Karake, Bobby O'Karake, Micah McFadden, all the Giants fans have seen how... Micah McFadden has really played well in an unexpected level uh, after being looking lost as a rookie. Okereke has been a really nice free agent signing. And so obviously you know what you're getting from Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence against the run uh, in the middle of that defensive line. Uh, And so for your second level guys to play better than the, than the rotating cast did last year at inside linebacker has been a big point of uh, progress for the giants. They're obviously still not there defensively. Like I said, you know, they're not a highly rated defense. Some of that stems from the fact that, they, they they were gashed by the Cowboys. They were gashed by the Dolphins and, and by the Niners. But this giant defense played pretty well against Seattle, actually. I mean, you take out the pick six, they allow 17 points the defense did. They played well in Buffalo. But granted, they lost his two games, so that kind of overshadowed it. But, you know, talking to Xavier McKinney after the game, he mentioned uh, he mentioned something you don't often hear defensive players say, but I think it's it's pretty honest and common. When you're on a good defense, and he he said, uh, you know, we talk as defensive players. I'm just paraphrasing. 
about beating the other team's defense, being better than the other team's defense. And I kind of asked him about, you know, the Jets defensive players, they like to talk about how good they think they are. And even heck, the coach likes to talk um, about it. And his point was, you know, talk all you want. We'll see how it goes in the field. Okay. It's, it's fun little trash talk there uh, to a degree. And uh, yeah, you, you, there, there it is right there. The giant defense talks about being better than the other team's defense, which is what I think this game will be. It'll be which team's defense uh, is is more dominant uh, and, and both of them you know the Jets are a great defense the Giants are playing better than I don't think they're a great defense yet and so uh, yeah I think a, a big part of this will be um, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner now they, they 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 won a game without him they looked really good against the against the Eagles but uh, is that sustainable and um, you know you mentioned big plays in terms of what the Giants have given up uh, against the run. Uh, but in terms of, you know, a big play guy for the Giants offense, of course, Jalen Hyatt has, has emerged as that in a small sample size, he played great against Arizona, great against Washington, not really much production in the other five games, but in those two games, I just mentioned there, he had two catches in each game and all four of those catches went for, for 30 plus yards, let alone 20 plus the Giants were the worst passing team in the NFL, essentially over the last three years and 20 plus yard passes, but he cracked off four 30 pluses, one of which, I mean, it would have sealed the game if Saquon Barkley hadn't, hadn't lost that fumble. So um, yeah, I think that that's where this giant offense is. I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on if they can get Andrew Thomas back and Daniel Jones back um, most, especially I think Thomas, but, but, but Jones too, I think people are falling in love with Tyrod Taylor. I've always called him Tyrod, but I guess he goes by Tyrod now. Um, And look, yeah, like, They've had Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Andrew Thomas in the field this year for one game, and that was week one when Thomas hurt his hamstring, so hasn't played since. So, um, yeah, uh, that better pass protection, it's not rocket science, is going to free up a guy like Hyatt to have more deep ball opportunities. They did a better job of pass protecting against Washington. A lot of that had to do with the fact that they were playing with the lead. I think for both these teams, it's situational, you know, like – if you can play with a lead and keep the other team off balance, that'll go a long way into being able to play to your strength, which for the Jets is basically not having Zach Wilson throw the ball a ton. So um, funny you mentioned yeah. that too, Daryl, because that that is a fascinating element about this game is who is going to play with the lead. Because when you look at these two teams in the first quarter, my God, uh, the Giants yeah. are being outscored six to 40 to six okay and the jets you think that's bad the jets are being outscored 44 to five that's in the first quarter wow my god so like i mean first of all uh you know have a coffee before the game i guess and get ready for the first quarter because there's no indication that either one of these teams will be ready for the first quarter um and it, i mean it, that's just brutal the, the the holes that these teams have put themselves in to start the game. So um, I think that's what you're saying is so key because it's going to establish how these teams a- attack each other for the rest of the game. And if, if the Jets can get a lead and pass rush, it's going to be a long day for the Giants. You know, they the Eagles have a great offensive line and they were all over Jalen Hurts last, you know, before the bye. So uh, I, I think that's that's a real key and and you know, one of these teams you would think will, will break the trend and, and play well in the first quarter, or maybe they'll, they'll just both not score, but that's going to be something that's fascinating to, to watch. What what do you think has been behind the giants struggles early in the game so far? Yeah. I mean, they've been right. They've been, been being one dimensional because they haven't been able to play the lead. I mean, you talk about not just early in the game, they in their amid their one and four start, they led for 19 seconds. And that was at the end of that epic comeback win that, in Arizona where they tied the biggest comeback in franchise history. Um, and they 19 seconds in a one and four start the whole time. That's how much they led. Of course, the fact that they were able to stay in the game in Buffalo, I mean, they led, you know, six to nothing until six seconds into the fourth quarter. Um, that let them kind of do more things defensively in terms of, uh, you know, whether Josh Allen and, and the Bills had to throw the ball to catch up or the Giants could could be less one dimensional and not have to, th- to throw the ball. They could protect the lead. Um, but, yeah, they they just have been just terrible early in games, as, as, as you mentioned. And uh, a lot of that just gets back to 
some of the personnel inconsistency they've had there. This offensive line had a ton of questions coming into the year, even if everyone was healthy outside of Andrew Thomas, a ton of questions and Evan Neal, ton of questions, still a lot around Evan Neal. Uh, And then on top of it, all the injuries they've had on their offensive line. Uh, So that, that plays a huge part in it. And I think uh, we're kind of jumping, jumping around a little bit, but that's fine. But uh, the one, the one other jet thing I wanted to ask you about was, uh, and I think this is a huge matchup. And I wrote it for Monday coming out of the game because pivoting immediately to Jet Giant, the Jets Giants game is how in the world is this Giants offensive line? Even all right, so even if they get Andrew Thomas back, okay, that's a solid, that's a, a really good piece at left tackle, albeit a guy who hasn't played in, in gosh, since September 10th was the opener. Um still, even if they get John Michael Schmitz back, you're looking at questions again all across that offensive line. Andrew Thomas is their only sure thing guy. Um, and will they be able to block this Jets front who, and I'm, I'm looking at PFF right now to, to look at their pass rush numbers. And I, I went through it in the story for Monday, but the pressures, Bryce Huff, a, 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 just a, a shocking, uh, success story, 34 pressures, John Franklin Myers, 26 and Quinn and Williams, their big money guy. 25 pressures um you got Jermaine Johnson in there with 14 and Quentin Jefferson oh I don't know if a lot of giant fans have ever heard of him he's got 13 pressures but they're big three pressure guys Huff Franklin Myers Quentin Williams um I mean you just wonder how in the world are the Giants going to block those guys right because they they just come at you in waves the Jets did with their pass rushers in their front yeah none of those guys play more than an average of like 65 percent of the snaps so that's first of all you Adam Fresh, you got Huff is more of a, you know, a pass rushing specialist, but he is, he has got the fastest get off time in the league by far. And, you know, the only team that's really, I've seen been effective against the Jets pass rush this year was Dallas. And I think Dak started 15 of 15 or 14 of 14. And it was just so much quick stuff. And then a little bit of success in the run game, allowing them to set up play action for deep balls but i the you know the the way to beat this team is not deep especially if Sawson and and dj reed are playing because they just you've seen them you know fluster buffalo and and josh allen they've owned him because they've basically taken digs out of the game deep and they they don't have that answer in the quick hit game and and that's the way you got to beat the jets is quick hit maybe extend the play a little bit with with play action but you know, the Jets do have some vulnerabilities. Now, Quincy Williams, Quinnen's uh, older brother, actually, has gotten a lot better in coverage and, and has, you know, made them a little bit more difficult to beat over the center of the field. But that's where they're vulnerable. Their safeties maybe don't play it at quite the same high level that the rest of their defense does. And, and you know, C.J. Mosley is certainly not moving. He's still playing at an extremely high level. His anticipation his, his ability to get guys in the right position and he can make 90% of the plays right in front of him, but he's not going to be able to cover, you know, a, a good slot receiver or running back if he's in the middle of the field. So I think that's how you got to beat the jets is in the middle of the field. And, and with some of that, that quick stuff and at the line of scrimmage before the play. Um, and I, that's where it's going to be tough for, for Daniel Jones if he's coming back and, and having to, shake off any rust from not playing for a couple weeks and dealing with a front that's going to make you make decisions very, very quickly, or you're going to get hit a lot. I mean, I think this front is is right there with, with some of the best in football and especially after what they were able to do without the coverage, the last couple of games, they, they haven't had the coverage that they're accustomed to. And, and it didn't really matter that the defensive line was, was able to find a way to make a difference and, and, I think that makes them, you know, really dangerous and, and makes this defense, you know, even better. They are, they have been vulnerable early in the game, but the way they're playing late in games, I think they have the potential to be even better than they were last year when they were a top five defense in the league. Uh, and they, they did that against a historically great Eagles offensive line. Uh, and then in terms of, in terms of Hoff just circling back on him and, um, 
he had a, he has an eight, eight let's see a 78 pass rush grade this year he was 88 pass rush grade last year so last year he had 36 pressures and 173 pass rush snaps this year he's going he's 34 pressures and 114 what a what a really good undrafted free agent pickup in 2020 out of memphis you know pretty quietly right i mean in the covid year um they get him as an undrafted rookie and he's been with him ever since and is just slowly um or really not slowly. I'm looking at his snap counts. I mean, he played 296 and 338 snaps in his first couple of years. Has has carved out certainly a role for himself um, and is setting up, I guess he's a pending free agent, right? Because he, he was back on a restricted yes. deal this year. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. Yeah. So he'll, uh, he, Oh, they gave him the second round tender, which shows you what they think about him. And now he's in a position where he's going to be um, earning some earning some money. So uh yeah, I th- I think everything you said there is, is, is spot on. I mean, this 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 Jets defensive front could really confuse the heck out of the Giants offensive line. And you mentioned the quick stuff over the middle. That's where I think Darren Waller could factor in. And that's another storyline out of this game. I, I know the Giants, you know, only scored two touchdowns uh, in the game. And so, you know, you don't want to make too big of a deal necessarily of what their offense did. Um, but Hyatt had, you know, production, and I wouldn't even say small doses because they were two big plays, two catches. Um, but Waller has started to come on now. Uh, he had a touchdown, seven catches, 98 yards against Washington. Um, he had that game in Buffalo where he almost had the game-winning catch, and that was a disappointment for him. But the game before that in Miami, eight for 86. Uh, before that, it really hadn't done anything in four games except for six for 76 against Arizona. So they need him clearly and to, to, to play well. In the games they've won – He's played well, and that's he's obviously their de facto quote unquote number one receiver. Um, and so he's a he can be a mismatch nightmare, maybe for some of some of the guys who have some defenses that have soft coverage in, in the middle there. And uh, I think that's certainly something to watch with how how he's come along. Um, the Jets, the Giants obviously committed a ton to, to him third round pick, 24 million bucks over the this year and next year combined. Um, so it's a big commitment for a player who's been injury prone, hasn't been productive, who uh, a guy who is going to be who just turned 31 in the middle of September this year. And like like we said, hasn't really done much of anything largely due to injuries since 2020 with the Raiders. So um, maybe he's he's turning the corner a little bit uh, here in terms of like and you just look at like yards per game because you can't really compare total yards, but like. 71 and 74 yards per game in 2019 and 2020 with the Raiders. Right now he's at 54, which is still less than what he had in 2021, which is 60. So let's see if he can get that up and he could be, he can be a big body red zone threat for a team that needs to obviously score more touchdowns. There's no doubt about that. Um, But the Huff point kind of like leads me into and, and what they were able to get out of him for an undrafted guy. And just, just like a broader thing we're writing for this week about where do this, where do these teams uh, like compare in terms of their rebuilding process right now? And like, who's got a brighter future. So we can kind of pivot to that here. And as we said, the giants uh, and jets tied for the NFL's worst, worst record from 17 to 21. And their record was 22 and 59 combined. Uh, of course, the giants last year will go nine, seven and one. They make the playoffs this year. They're, Two and five. So that's 11, 12 and one since the start of last year under Brian Dable in the regular season. The Jets seven and 10 last year and this year three and three. So that's what 10 and 13. Right. So the the records are kind of close over the last couple of years after being identical from 2017 to 2021. Um, I guess what what's your take on. The areas, I mean, we, we can set aside the areas where they're probably similar. I think we agree that their lines are still kind of a work in progress. But uh, I know the Rodgers factor is an interesting one because it's almost like the Jets are not even rebuilding anymore because they're not even almost. They're a win-now team because of him, especially the window being compressed now more by his injury. But um, where do you what do you make of how where the Jets are maybe compared to the Giants in, in their rebuild in terms of where they're maybe ahead or behind or whatever? Yeah, I think in the short term, the Jets are clearly the the team that has the chance to make some noise. And I mean, because they have no other choice. I'm, I mean, you got Rodgers, assume he can get back to somewhere near 100% next year. And then you have the reigning 2022 offensive and defensive rookies of the year and, and Garrett Wilson and, and Sauce Gardner. 
you know, heading into the third year of their contracts next year. Uh, you know, so they will be eligible for an extension, but you you would think that won't come until uh, 2025. And, and I think really next year is a, a huge year. The Jets have to make, you know, they have to make progress this year. And I don't know exactly what that looks like. It will, it will look like not, you know, finishing 0-6 when, when you, you have a playoff spot in the line. I'd say even without Rodgers, you can show that progress this year. And and then next year is kind of the year or the year after. Then they, they'll have to, you know, even with franchise tags and stuff, it'll it'll be a they'll be paying for Rodgers. I know the cap goes up, but they'll, they're going to be paying for Rodgers after he's gone. Uh, they have to figure out finding a quarterback there. And so I think, you know, the realistic window for them really is 2024 and 2025. And they're set up quite well to win in that window because DJ reads under contract next year. Uh, and he's been another young key piece. Uh, you know, you'll still have sauce and, and Garrett at, at, you know, good salaries. You you may be losing Zach Wilson's contract off the books after next season, depending on what they do with him. I, I, I don't think he'll be around personally. So he'll have some money to spend it. And it's really going to come down for the jets. I think they have everything in place, but the offensive line, and that's going to be, really key for them this off season. Now, what it looks like beyond then, I think they have tough decisions to make and, and you'll, you'll find out, you know, where their priorities are. They're not going to be able to hold on to Quinn and Williams, sauce Gardner Garrett and Garrett Wilson. So it's, they're going to have some, some choices to make, but I think for the next two years, they have a real chance to to be a contender and they've, they've got it set up. Well, I think beyond that, the giants are, are maybe, you know, they, you know, you'll talk about it, but they have, you know, a more manageable commitment to their quarterback um, and, you know, more flexibility moving forward and some nice young pieces that I think they they can build around. But I think right now it, it really does lean the Jets way. And, and I think they do have a chance. They have the talent to, to, you know, contend and, and be anything that they want to be. I mean, I know it sounds crazy to talk about a Super Bowl, but th- this is how it happens. You know, when you have this much young talent, in place. So I, I don't think there's any cap on their, um, you know, capabilities over the next couple of years, but I do think they're going, there's going to be a cost to be paid for not playing this year with Rogers. And if he is back close to hundred percent next year, there's going to be some growing pains that they have to go through next year that they would have preferred to get out of the way this year with Rogers. And I think you also at that point start running the risk of is Rogers going to be the same Rodgers because it will have been you know a while since he's played even if he comes back at the end of this year so that those that's the big question is is it sure seems like the roster outside of the offensive line is going to be ready to for the Jets to make a push here especially next year but will they have what they need from the line and the quarterback yeah I mean so we don't even like this year was supposed to be the year where like could Rodgers rebound off a tough year last year which obviously part of that was because of the thumb injury he sustained in London when O'Shane Zimenez hit him. Uh, but now it's like, okay, well, he didn't even play this year. He's older. He's coming off the torn Achilles. And his last season that he played, we saw he wasn't super productive again, partly because of the injury to his hand. So, yeah, there's going to be like a lot of it, obviously, uh, no duh, like uh, hinges on uh, Rodgers. Um, so, but I think, you know, I said it from the very beginning when they traded for him. If they do not at least make a Super Bowl with this guy, I think it's the trade is it's a failure um, because why else are you doing it? Like why? Uh, that's the whole point here. I mean, I, I and you know, we talk about the, the pain, the cap pain they're going to have to absorb when he's gone. Like no one, the Jet fan would like sell their soul to the devil right now to like make or win a Super Bowl. Um, they've gotten they've gotten to the doorstep of it in 2009, 2010. Um, so, so to me, it's like you got to take that next step. Um, and they would to, 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 so like to go all in, I think Jets fans are fine with it because they just want to win the freaking Super Bowl or at least make it right. So they're okay with paying the price down the road. You talk about Rogers and having, uh, taken the pay cut His cap number this year is eight, eight million, eight point eight next year, 17, one 2025 is 23, five. So like pretty darn low, it goes to $63 million in 2026. But again, they don't, who cares if they win a Super Bowl, who cares? Like, I mean, if they win the Super Bowl at some point next year, or the year after the Jets could go 0 16 
or 0-17, 2026, their fans would not care. Like, I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they'd be disappointed, but that's overstating it. But um, you mentioned that where the Giants are in terms of their commitment to Daniel Jones, and this is a two-year, $82 million contract. We said it a million times. Uh, his cap number next year is 47-1. This year it's 15-4. So they need to figure out by the end of next year if he's their guy. Otherwise, they're not keeping around or him around in 2025 at a 41-6 number when they could save, you know, about 19-3 of that um, by cutting him. Now, a $22 million dead hit is not ideal, but when you're drafting a quarterback, these rookie contracts are so manageable anyway. Um, but, yeah, I think that in terms of, like, where the Giants are compared to the Jets, like, obviously they have less of a sure thing, per se, at quarterback. Um, but this is where they're at. They, this is the guy they have, and they need to figure out how to build around him and try to win in the next two years or just cut bait, um, which is why – they need to get him back in the field, obviously. So the line we mentioned, both teams suspect. I think in terms of the skill guys, the Giants still – now they don't have a, a long-term answer with Waller, I don't think. I think it was a good acquisition for a team that needed a playmaker. But they need to they need to get, obviously, some, some more receivers. And so if they draft high, you wonder, Marvin Harrison Jr., a guy they could look at. Um, obviously, they feel good about Hyatt, but – um, it's not like Slayton's a long-term answer or Isaiah Hodgins. Um, so they, they probably, I'm sure they like Wandale Robinson, but their ability is going to be a question for him because of his size. Like in defensively, they're not, they're going to, they're surely going to let a Dory Jackson and Leonard Williams walk. Uh, oh, and Saquon Barkley, you know, I think that I don't think he's around next year. They need to, they'll probably draft a running back or something like that and go more cost-effective and smarter route there. Um, but defensively they have a centerpiece in Dexter Lawrence and they hope they hope that De that Deontay Banks could be the centerpiece for their secondary Bobby O'Karake really good young free agent signing um, but they certainly have some pieces to figure out there like who else is going to be a, a, a mainstay in their secondary can Trey Hawkins be that guy six round pick he's impressed in camp but he sputtered no surprise to start this year so who can Kayvon Thibodeau take the next step as your edge rusher um and I kind of glossed over Neil. I mean, but when you whiff on the seventh overall pick, as it looked like they've done, geez, I mean, that sets you back. So they need more from Thibodeau. They need something, anything at all from Neil. So that's where they are. Um, I think, yes, I agree. The Jet, the Jets are in, in better position uh, right now. Um, but, they're, you know, the Rodgers thing makes it so interesting. And so, yeah, look, I, I mean, think also, just real quick, I think also they need to, realize the situation they're in and take a cue from the Eagles who are making all these yes. win now moves. The Jets have not done that and they need to do that. And, uh, you know, not to go, I know it's a Giants podcast. So I'm not going to go crazy on it, but that's a, that's another thing. I think that when you were, when you were talking earlier, that just hit me, it's like, they need to realize the situation they're in and it's, it doesn't matter three years from now. It matters right now. And they, and, and they need to be more aggressive. Joe Douglas, who was in that Philly system needs to be more aggressive. Like, like his uh, counterpart, the the man with the the funny yearbook photos, uh, Howie Roseman that that you unearthed during the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey's own Howie Roseman, uh, you know, making another trade this week for Kevin Byard, uh, and uh, yeah, so I think it goes a couple ways. I mean, like when you have a quarterback on his rookie contract, um, or, or I should say. Either, either the other way, right? Like when you're paying a quarterback, like the Jets are paying um, Aaron Rodgers and the Giants are paying Daniel Jones, it helps to have guys like the other players on their rookie contracts. Like the fact that Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson are performing way above their contracts because they're on these affordable rookie deals is hugely important. So you have to take advantage of that and, and maybe take big swings elsewhere in terms of taking on big numbers. And, you know, especially with Rodgers having, um, having uh, taken a pay cut, uh, I mean, look, let's be honest, like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, probably not the right moves there now that they paid a lot of money for Cobb. But um, but yeah, I think a couple big swings could serve the Jets well. We'll see where the Giants go. But in turn, we'll wrap this up by giving a pick for this week. Uh, I sent mine in, so I'll go with what I had there. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I just can't trust the Jets. Anytime they come to a game that's been big like this, they haven't delivered. And and a game, I mean, it would just serve them so well to win this game, uh, you know, in the short term and the long term in terms of, you know, 
getting past the the games they have later in November against their division rivals. If, if they can bank some wins here in these winnable games, it would be huge for them. I just, it just feels too familiar with, with this sense that they've accomplished something at three and three, even more so than last year when they were six and three. And I do give them credit for the fortitude they've shown and the resilience they've shown since losing Rogers. But, um, you know, I, I just need to believe it or see it before I can believe them backing it up. So I think the giants are going to find a way to win a really sloppy game. I think like 13 to 12 or, or 14 to 13, something like that. Uh, I'll pick the giants to win in a really close, uh, you know, kind of, like you said, one of, one of those games where the defense is, is going to win it for him. I jokingly picked five to two in our group chat <laughs> text the other day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. Low scoring game. I got the Jets winning 17-14. I could certainly see it going either way. I don't I don't think either. I'd be surprised if both teams cracked 20. Um we're making these picks, of course, without knowing who's gonna be the quarterback for the Jet the Giants, without knowing whether Andrew Thomas coming back, oh, it looks like he will. And then ditto for Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, though it looks like they'll come back. But um obviously I for as in love as everyone has been here with Tyrod Taylor. Um, let's be honest, it's not a big sample size and the quarterback, you know, it's going to matter if Daniel Jones is back. So, but I, I, right now, 17, 14 jets over the giants, uh, and the giants probably moving into a position where they're going to be sellers, uh, moving further into the position at the trade deadline. And then it becomes the report came out, uh, was leaked, uh, before the, uh, game on Sunday that they're not they don't intend to trade Saquon Barkley okay you know that's it the plans change you know if they can get something for him and a lot of it depends on you know if there's desperate the desperate team elsewhere like Christian McCaffrey breaks his leg the Niners are picking up the phone and offering you know third round pick or whatever the Giants w- w- would love to have so anyway but that's where they stand we'll see how it goes uh yeah thanks man thanks for joining me I appreciate it yeah thanks for having me man I appreciate it yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll be obviously be sure everybody to read our coverage throughout the week. NJ.com slash Giants, as usual. NJ.com slash Jets for Andy's coverage of the Jets, all things Jets this week. And of course, going forward, he does a great job for us. And obviously, as always, be sure to rate, review, like, subscribe to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms and all that good stuff. Uh, and everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the game Sunday for going. It's supposed to be a, a really nice day, maybe the last nice uh sunday of the year where it's not windy and cold and gross out there but it's going to be a a good one should be an interesting game and we will be back here with you bob will be back next week to wrap up jets giants thanks again to andy for joining us and everybody have a, a great week and take care